it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by Pretty Girl Studios, where every girl leaves a pretty girl. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's interview with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Valerie Priester, and we talked a lot about coaching. Valerie is a coach, and she has an awesome coaching business. But before I get into Valerie's bio, I just wanted to kind of reflect on a few things. Um, Actually preparing for the interview, I felt like I had a coaching session with Valerie because I just kind of spoke with her prior to interviewing her. And um, she really gave me some awesome insights and it really had me thinking. Um, I've used coaches in different areas of my life. I've had a a fitness coach and, uh, you know, I've had different coaches before through business and different things like that. And so I do understand the importance and I did get some help at times and I don't have a coach currently. Maybe I'll hire Valerie, who knows? But um, I was really thinking about that. Do we all need coaches? Do we all need a coach? And I think we do. Um, When you look at like NBA players, they have coaches. When you look at people like Oprah and Bill Gates, all of them have spoken about having a coach. So if someone like Oprah and someone like Bill Gates can have a coach, definitely I know I probably need one. And I'm sure you do too. I mean, there's all types of coaches. I mean, we're business coaches and finance coaches, just all different types of you know areas in your life that you can use that extra push. Because I remember when I had a fitness coach, I remember I, when I worked out by myself, I would do 30 minutes and be done and get out. And I wouldn't really push myself any further. But when I worked with her, she pushed me, (laughs) you know? She really pushed me way further than I would ever push myself. And I think we all can use that in life. So I think it's very important that you maybe consider getting a coach. And I think this conversation and this interview that I had with Valerie will give you some insight into that. I mean, she was just very phenomenal and I had a great time speaking with her. Here's a little bit of her bio. Valerie Priester is the CEO and founder of Victorious Life Coaching LLC. She's a certified business and life strategist. She's a certified coach with the Les Brown Training Speaker Program, and she's a motivational speaker as well. And she's also an Amazon bestseller and author. Valerie is a passionate about helping women who are new to coaching eliminate confusion, frustration, and overwhelm so that they can confidently launch and grow their coaching business. Valerie provides business and personal development coaching. She has had several years of success empowering women to design their victory so that they can live their dreams. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Valerie. And here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. And we have an awesome guest for you today, Valerie Priester. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. So excited to be here. So excited to have you. So how are you doing today, Valerie? I am doing absolutely awesome. Every day is a great day. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, when I get to do what I love, that's what I just, you know, enjoy. So I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. So Valerie, tell us something about you that most people would not know. Ooh. <laughs> okay. A personal note. Um, I love playing poker. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. 
I got a funny poker story for you. Okay. So when I was young, I mean, really young, probably about 10 or 12, my mom had taught me how to play poker. And so she used to go over her friend's house and they would gamble. And I was so good that I would win her money and all the adults would be upset because I would win every time. And so they wouldn't want me to play. It would be like, she's too young to be playing poker. She don't need to be playing poker. And I, w- I remember that. I would kill the game every time. I would always win. And my mom would take all the money. And I just thought it was funny. I would just laugh because the dogs would be mad that I was so good at it. <laughs> I love it. My husband taught me how to play. And now he regrets teaching me. But I you know, love it. And when we lived in Michigan, we would have a, a, a circle of friends. And we would kind of rotate houses every week and have our poker games. Well, Mm -hmm. when we relocated to Nashville seven years ago, that kind of like broke that up. And now we're in different places, but we're all going to meet in Vegas actually next week to celebrate my birthday, which is past already, but this is a continuation of our birthday. So we'll get to play again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's great. That's poker's fun. I haven't played in years myself, but yeah, I remember that from when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about how you started your entrepreneurial journey. I know you're uh, a coach Mm -hmm. and you're teaching people, working with uh, transforming lives and things like that now, but how did you begin your entrepreneurial journey? Wow. My entrepreneurial journey started, I'm going to say probably oh, when I was like 19, 20 years old. I've, I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. I watched my grandparents, my mother's parents um, work in, I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was really a real estate investing business. And they would purchase homes, renovate them, fix them up, and then rent them out or sell them. And so I would go with them, you know, to clean out the houses and fix them up and all this stuff. And I watched them do that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And then my grandfather owned a car lot. Now, when you say car lot, people are like, what's a car lot? (laughs) It wasn't a dealership. Dealerships are more, you know, the big corporate type um, enterprises. His was just a little used car, car lot that was in the neighborhood that we lived in. And I watched that growing up. And I always said to myself, man, I, you know, I really just want to own my own business. And so when I was about 19, I started, you know, I I think I've sold everything, Mary Kay, Tupperware, (laughs) Amway, Black Art, um, Artist Body Shapers, you name it, I probably have tried it. And that was really the beginning of the whole entrepreneur journey for me. But, you know, I always had a job and continued to work, but I wanted to have my own business and it was a dream of mine. And then getting into the coaching industry kind of just came... I don't like to say by accident because, you know, everything has a purpose and a reason for happening, but it happened as a result of me working with five women that were co-workers of mine. We started a Bible study at work, and um, one of the things about me is I always get elected to be the leader. I don't care what I'm involved in. I don't care what type of group it is. I always end up being the leader, and I ended up being the leader in this Bible study, and these five women were like, you know, can you help me? just develop a better relationship with God and a better understanding of who I am in Christ and, you know, what my potential is, because of course they were watching my life and they wanted a better life. So I worked with these five women, watched their lives totally transform. And they were the ones that said, you know, you should check out coaching. And I'm like, coaching? I don't know anything about coaching. (laughs) 
-hmm. And I did. I said, well, let me, you know, look into it. And I, I looked into it and I found um, the coaching institution where I got my certification is a Christian coaching institution. And so I wanted something that was in alignment with my beliefs. And I went ahead and got my um, certified Christian life coaching um, certification. And that's where this journey started. Awesome. So had you had a coach prior to you becoming no. one? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Didn't know what coaching was. Nothing no. about it. They, I just knew that from, from what they were telling me from their results and experience in working with me is, you know, they kept saying, you, you just have this gift. You have this way about you of pulling out the confidence in people and really helping us to do, you know, what we thought we couldn't do and building that confidence up and uplifting them and encouraging them, help them to just go on and start doing things that they probably thought they never could do. And they were the ones that just encouraged me to do it. I knew nothing about coaching. And in fact, when I first started, I remember, um, you know, after I got my certification, I was like, okay, Laura, what is this? What do I do with this? Right. And I remember praying about it and I remember, you know, getting my answer and, and the answer was, well, I called you to minister. Well, that scared the bejesus out of me because I'm like, I am nobody's minister. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, because my, my thinking was when you think about minister, you think about from the pulpit, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where my mind immediately went. But, you know, through God's grace and, and his mercy and showing me, he quickly let me see that ministry is more than just behind the pulpit ministry is a part of our entire life it's how we display and live our lives and so this all kind of fell right into place together because what i was doing with helping women to really you know step out and be more and do more was a ministry and i had to you know quickly realize that that that's really what this is all about and it really kind of came to fruition when i started selling the um body shapers right because I could see the transformation physically when I put a woman in a body shaper who wasn't as confident about her body or her shape or you know how she looks in her clothes and then put her in that shaper and then it just changed totally how she felt about herself from the outside. But then working with them and talking to them through this process of fitting them for the garments, I was always talking about their inner self. Mm-hmm. And helping them to realize that they, you know, they have greatness in them and that God created them, you know, a certain way. And that helped the inside. So it just totally transformed their lives. And I was like, oh, this, this is all connected. All makes sense. Right. And that's where my journey started. That's interesting. So was it hard for you to accept the call? Um, I don't think it was hard. I think accepting the call was easy because it was just who I am, right? I've always been that person that people come to. And in fact, when you talk to most coaches, they'll probably tell you the same thing. Like I've always been that person that people come to for advice or they want to, you know, bounce something off of me. They want to get my opinion. So that is innately who I am. So that part wasn't hard. Accepting the call wasn't hard, but building the business around it, that Mm -hmm. was difficult. That was very difficult. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So you you were you you were working with some ladies at your job. So you had an, a corporate job yes. and you decided to take these classes and become a coach and everything. How did you make that transition? 
and make well, it into a business. After um, you know, really listening to their encouragement and, and really digging deep and starting to take the classes and everything, it, it really just resonated with me and, and confirmed that this is who I am, right? I, I am a coach of heart. And when I started taking the classes and I started really looking at, okay, there's coaching business out there. And I did my research due diligence to look at, you know, how do you start a coaching business? How do you even get into that industry? So by the time I finished my certification and they did give a little bit of teaching on marketing and, you know, how to start your practice. By the time I finished, I was ready to start that journey. So I did, I said, you know what, I'm just going to start. And I started with getting my business cards, getting my business name, my business license, and just telling people, I'm a coach, right? And I started getting, you know, people coming to me for coaching and really from word of mouth from the five women that I started with. And they were telling others, you know, you really need to talk to her and people that they knew were struggling, you know, in their life and wanted more out of life. And, you know, they would direct them to me. And that was the start of the business, right? But I still didn't know, like, how do I build this business? Because the biggest piece, especially for life coaches, the biggest piece is how to market it because people aren't just going around saying, you know, I need a life coach. I mean, you don't hear anybody say that, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? yeah. but if you're a business coach, a health and wellness coach, you know, a career coach, you will hear people say, I know, you know, I know I need a business coach. I need someone to help me with my business, or I know I need to lose weight. I need to get a coach to help me lose weight. That's more common, but mm -hmm. people don't readily walk around and say, I, you know, my life jacked up. I think I need a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> so marketing that and, and getting that out there was very difficult for me. And, and that's when I had to turn and hire a coach. That's when I hired my first business coach. Okay. I was going to ask you that question. So you, so you have a coach yourself. I always have a coach and I always recommend to my clients, if you are going to be a coach, you need to be a product of your product is no different than if you sell Mary Kay you need to use your Mary Kay products. Mm -hmm. If you sell weight loss products, you need to be a product of your product and use your weight loss products, right? Or your health and wellness products. It's the same thing if you're a coach. People sometimes think that just because we're coaches, we got it all figured out. Our life is all well put together. We don't struggle. We don't have issues. That's not true. You still have issues. You still have things that you have to deal with in your life. And even more so because you're pouring out of you mm -hmm. all the time. And so you need someone who's going to pour back into you and you need someone that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow, someone that's going to keep you accountable and help you to either build your business or get your life together. It's no different. We're people too. Right, right. And I think too, sometimes when you're in a leadership position um, or people see you a certain way that sometimes it feel like who does the leader go to? Who does the strong yeah. person go to? That's who does right. the person that everybody comes to for advice go to? Because sometimes you feel like you can't even talk to people mm -hmm. because they put you on a certain level. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so, and I get that I, all the time. I get I that all the time. You know, people like. Because I, I'm normal. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm normal, but I feel, I feel like I can't talk to you. You know, right. like, I, I, who can I talk to? Exactly. <laughs> and that's that's the whole reason why you have to keep a coach. And and. Throughout, like I've been in business for 10 years now, and throughout the 10 years, like I said, I've always had a coach once I really understood, because for the first maybe two or three years, I struggled. I just kept going around and around in circles, trying to figure this stuff out, you know, looking at other coaches, trying to emulate what they were doing. 
but I didn't realize that there's always a back end piece to what they're doing. You just see the front end. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to emulate it. You know, I was trying to emulate it and copy it and figure out what they were doing, but I couldn't figure it out. And then um, I think one of my uh, fellow coaches said to me, you know, you, you really just need to get a business coach to help you. And that's when I hired my first business coach. But outside of that, after I got the business structured and going and getting clients and making money, you know, then other things came up. Like I needed a marketing coach. I needed someone that was specifically you know, in marketing to help me market my business. And then you need to have a spiritual coach. You need to have a life coach even because with building the business, you still got life. And a lot of people try to separate the two, but you can't separate the two. Life and business go hand in hand. And I always tell my clients, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling in an area in your business, if you're struggling with your confidence in your business, you're probably struggling with your confidence in your relationships. You're probably struggling with that in your home, right? And so you have to make sure being a coach that you are well-grounded, that you have someone that you can go and talk to. Because let me tell you, there's days I wake up and I go, you know what? I don't even want to do this no more. I just quit. I give, I give up because yeah. it gets hard for me too. I'm not exempt from that. And so having a coach who's there and I can call that coach and I can talk to them, they understand what I'm going through because they're in business too. So you always have to have someone that you can have an outlet to, that you can go and you can really be honest and true and pour your heart out to because, and here's the other thing too. I don't like to portray myself as being perfect. Because when we do that, when we like put on the airs that, you know, I got it all together and life is all great. And, you know, you see the pictures of people on the beach with the cars and the houses. and Mm -hmm. When you do that, people can't relate to that. Right. I want people to be able to relate to me as the person that I am. I want them to understand that this has not always been my life. It may be great now, but I went through some stuff to get here. And I need them to understand that so that they can resonate with it and see themselves not only in my now condition where I am now, but also see themselves in, in the condition where I was. And if they can do that, that's how they relate with you more. I like that. It does make you more relatable because I think sometimes if you see all the things that you see in social media with different brand specialists and strategists and coaches and they're, like you said, they're in their cars, they're on the beach and you may not be in that point in your life. And sometimes that can look so far off that you feel like you can't even, you know, connect with that particular person. That's right. And that's what it does. It makes them unapproachable. And it makes the dream for you feel like it's unobtainable because mm-hmm. I can never get there, right? But I, I like to be real. I like for people to know that I'm a real person. I've gone through real life situations. I, you know, I'm on marriage number three. I tell that in my story. And I help people to understand that, yeah, I've been through divorce. Yes, I've been through broken relationships. I've been, you know, through myself being broken. But I had to do the work just like they have to do the work. And I want them to know that that that's real. It's not fake. I didn't just wake up and bam, you know, now I got the successful coaching business. No, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, I know a lot of people within, you know, I have a beauty background and I know a lot of people within this industry. And I mean, just as, you know, be, especially because when you're behind a chair, you they take so much in from their clients. 
they're almost like counselors themselves. They go through different stages of life with their clients. And when you when you get all that dumped on you on a daily basis, you need someone to pour out to as well. And, um, you know, because I've started to see it more now. I'm looking um, into that myself. Like, I was like, I, need, I definitely need to consider getting myself a coach. And that's something I'm looking at. I didn't really, not that I didn't see the value in it, but I didn't really think I could afford it or it was something yeah. that I, you know, could do. But I feel now I can afford not to just just like therapy, That's you know. Right. Therapy is good for you too. Yeah. And, um, and, and a lot of times, especially in a black community, there's like a you know it's that stigma. Oh, yes. Yeah, you don't want to get help. You know. Therapy, <laughs> yeah. but I had to get therapy, and it really helped me. You know. Good. Like, good. Like when, when my mom passed and some things like that. So I could see coaching and therapy is something that any business owner would need, especially with all the stuff, if you're a hairstylist, all the stuff that you deal with on a daily basis. So do you think you have to have like a coach in like the business area, the life area? Do you think um, that most people need several coaches and therapy accompanied together or how do you think? The way I feel um, about therapy, it, it, it definitely has its place. It's definitely needed for a lot of people at different points in their life, right? But I think people need to understand the difference in therapy and coaching. Mm -hmm. So therapy is going to help you really deal with some things that you're not able to deal with in your life. And it, it draws a lot on your past and what has happened to get you to this place and, and why you're feeling like you're feeling. Coaching, on the other hand, is, is what you need once you've dealt with the issues and you're ready to move forward. Because coaching is about taking that healthy person, not to say that if you're dealing with something you need therapy, you're not healthy, but you do need to deal with that. But coaching is about taking that person after that and moving them forward to where they want to go right? Coaching is all about looking forward. It's all about pulling out the best in you and helping you take the next steps and the next leaps that you need to take in your life to accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Very seldom do I deal with going back. Now, occasionally, depending on what we're dealing with in the coaching session, especially now that I'm dealing with business, occasionally things do come up, like your money beliefs may come from your past. Mm -hmm. And so we do work through, you know, some of those things, but that's more from a, a belief perspective and not necessarily that you need therapy. Now, some people may need therapy for it. Sometimes I do recommend you need to, you need to get therapy for that. Right. But for coaching, we're there to help you take the next step. We're there to help pull you into your best you in the future. Where do you want to go from here? And so I believe that if, in your life, there's some things that you, you know, really just can't deal with. Maybe therapy and counseling are the best. Um, in your business, you're going to need a business coach, right? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you have not built and ran a successful, profitable business before, you need a coach to help you do that, right? It's no different than when you learn how to drive. You've never driven a car before. So someone had to teach you. Um, if you are in the business again and you don't know about marketing, you need to hire a marketing coach, right? And in your business, along the journey, you're going to have a need for different types of coaches. It really depends on where you are in your business and what your goals are. Where are you trying to get to? And that will determine what type of coach you need. But I always recommend that you have a life coach, spiritual coach, right? And a business coach. Definitely.
Yeah. So is that considered like someone had, I was talking to someone, they said like a board of directors. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so they had the spiritual, the council, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. so I guess that would be considered like the board of directors you need. It can be. I mean, you, you know, you can title them any way you want, but you just want to make sure that you have those influences around you and people that you can count on to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you could also do it with a group of mastermind people, people that are like minded and that are reaching for similar goals, like they're building a business. Right. So you can form a mastermind where you can support and help one another. I also have a mastermind group that we work together. We support each other. We help each other. Right. Um, it can be done in many different ways. But the, the biggest thing is just be willing to get the help that you need. A mm -hmm. lot of times people just hold back and. The number one thought is I can't afford it, right? Well, you can't afford not to. You right. really can't if you're going to be successful in your business because every successful business owner had and has a coach. Yep. Even Oprah talks about she has several people, several coaches. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Every one of them. I have not met one person that you know claims or that I know is successful in their business who does not have or has had a coach. They do. Now, what about a mentor? Mentors are great too, because the mentor, and this is what I love about the mentor, right? And, and I kind of look at myself as more of a mentor than a coach, especially on the business side, because mm -hmm. the mentor is the person that has done what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to give you the advice and, and the steps to take in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish. The coach is more about helping you arrive at your own answers. So we're not really, when you're, in, when you're in that coaching mode and you're a coach, it's not really about giving you the answers and telling you, do this, do this, do this, do this, right? There's some of that, but that's not the biggest part of a coach. That's not the role of a coach. The role of the coach is to help you arrive at your own answers. But when you're a mentor or when you're a consultant or a strategist, that's about helping give you the steps to take, right? Step one, step two, step three, and giving you what you need to do in order to grow your business or change your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a big difference. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people think that, um, you know, the coaches that be all end all, but, but they're not. I mean, they have a specific role and then a mentor has a specific role. And it really boils down to what's your goal? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What's the objective? And then that's how you determine who do I need? Who do I need to hire? Do I need a coach? Do I need a strategist? Do I need a mentor? It really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Great. Awesome. So um, you had, tell us what, like about what you have going on right now. What do you have coming up in the pipeline? What are you excited sure. about right now? I am ooh, super excited about my annual entrepreneur success summit. So this is my second year doing the uh, entrepreneur success summit. My third year doing a live event here in Tennessee. And Last year, we did the Entrepreneur Success Summit. It was all about helping entrepreneurs really put together the pieces that they need for their business, the marketing, the um, branding, helping them to understand what they need as far as systems, automation, right? And it was an amazing event. But this year, I decided what I wanted to do was kind of make the event a little bit more intimate and exclusive. And that's really the vision I had last year, but it, it kind of got a little bit larger, <laughs> which was fine because it still is an amazing event. But I want it to be a little bit more exclusive, intimate, where we are working hands-on with entrepreneurs. So this year, I've limited 
the attendees to 25 people because we want them to bring their laptops, their tablets, whatever they have. And we're going to help them really create cash and clients. We're going to help them to um, automate the systems and the things that they need in place to be able to continue to generate profits. And we're going to help them implement those things, right? And so each of the people that will attend, we're looking to work with them, create a three-month action plan. So they have a plan when they leave the event and they have things set up, systems set up, automated, so that they're not just leaving with a hope and a dream and excitement and you know hype, and then they get home and they go, well, I don't remember what she said to do. Right? We're gonna right. do it in the room. And so I'm super excited about that because that's kind of one of my um, really value propositions is that I am a hands-on coach. I am not the type of coach that will you know, bring you in and then send you to watch some training videos and say, go figure it out. I want to work with you hands on to make sure that you reach the level of success that you're looking for or whatever the goal is that you want to obtain in your business. I am very hands on. I'm that coach that will get on a Zoom just like this with you, walk you through setting up your MailChimp, you know, walk you through setting up your um, automated email sequence, all of that, because I love doing that. I know that that's one of the biggest struggles that a lot of coaches have is they don't know all those pieces and they're afraid of technology. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to attract their clients. We're going to cover all of that at our Entrepreneur Success Summit. And then that's coming up on October 12th in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is where my office is. Awesome. Awesome. So what made, so you, you during 25, I love the fact that it's, you're doing 25 people because I did a brunch and it was a little bit more intimate than my expo. And I just felt like it made much more of an impact because we were able to take more time Mm -hmm. and give more, you know, tangible information. They could take notes and ask questions and things of that nature. Yeah. They can connect with you more because, you know, I mean, big events, they have a place and, and, you know, a lot of people can gain knowledge and information from them. I've never liked huge events. I like smaller events. Before I relocated from Michigan to Tennessee, I would do um, workshops where it was just 12 people. And again, because they can connect with me and I can connect with them more and we can accomplish more. Plus people feel like they can open up more right? It's really hard to open up and pour your heart out about where you are in your business or in your life in a room full of people. Yeah. But if it's intimate, if it's small enough, then they don't feel so intimidated by saying, you know what, I just don't know what I'm doing and I need help with that. And so that's why we're doing that. And for this year, I only have two people that's going to be speakers, if you will, myself, and then the leader of my tech team, Samantha Porner. She's going to be there because she's going to help put those pieces together and make sure they're automated and make sure that, you know, you have this system running so that you're not having to do everything manual. I can't tell you how many times I get, you know, clients who are new coaches and what they're doing is trying to do everything manually because there's that thought that I can't afford to automate. Well, you really can't afford not to. Because when you look at, you know, trying to schedule your clients, trying to take payments from your clients, all of that stuff needs to be automated. So you're not having to remember, oh, I need to send this email or I need to send that email. I need to send this invoice. Right. We have far too much technology for you to do anything manually these days. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I absolutely agree, because I'm really trying to uh, work on 
putting systems in place, even with the podcast. Yeah. As this beast grows, it's just like, oh, so many things, you know. <laughs> Need some automation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I was working on some automation stuff last night. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, I, I would be lost without the leader of my tech team because she just really helps me to stay, you know, on top of the latest technology and the things that I need in my business. And she always assess, you know, what I'm doing and how we can do it better and how automation can help it. And then also helping me to eliminate some things that I may be paying for that I don't need, right? That's also important. Taking that assessment of what you're doing in your business, sometimes you'll find that you're spending money on things that may do the same service, but you don't know that, right? So that's another big piece about business too, is that you have to understand you cannot be in business by yourself. You have to have a team. You have to, because you cannot do everything. If you're wearing every hat in your business, you cannot grow your business. I agree with that. But sometimes um, I, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that have people that I grow, I work with and talk to on a regular basis. And sometimes it's really hard to give up some of that. Cause even I was talking to someone, even just hiring um, a virtual assistant to help with like emails and the calendars and stuff like that. Just so she wouldn't have to do everything because she owns a salon and she does mm -hmm. other things. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really hard for her to even wrap around somebody doing all of that for her. So I was like, well, maybe just take one step, let her take over your email first, see how that goes. Cause I know it's kind of a personal thing. When you're really letting somebody in like your business, a lot of times when you start it, it's like your baby. Yes. So it's kind of hard to let somebody kind of like take over oh, your, yeah. <laughs> even if it's your email or your calendar. Pretty Girl Studios, where every girl leaves a pretty girl, is located at 266-20 Grand River Avenue in Redford, Michigan. Our team specializes in healthy hair care, trendy haircuts, hair color applications, blowout, silk press, ponytails, relaxers, and more. Coupled with an exceptional customer service in a warm, inviting environment, you'll leave Pretty Girl Studios feeling pretty. Walk-ins are always welcome, and we are always accepting new guests daily. Visit our website at www.prettygirl.studio or call us at 313-948-3848 to schedule your reservation today. Yeah, it's very, it was hard for me. It was hard for me, but it got to the point where I was spending more time, you know, trying to handle those things that I could pay someone else to handle so that I could do what I love. Mm -hmm. And that's coaching, right? I want most of my time to be spent doing the thing that I love the most, which is coaching and bringing in new business. That's what I'm for. So in the beginning, it was hard for me. I mean, my tech girl <laughs> had to talk me into getting a VA because I was like, no, you know, I, I want to do this. And, and, and it's harder for women because we do look at our business as our baby. Men can just make the decision that, you know what, here's some things I don't want to do. I'm going to hire somebody to do it. Right. And it doesn't matter how they necessarily get it done, right? You want them to do it in excellence and all of that. But women, we tend to be more emotionally attached to our businesses. And so we feel like I can't, you know, just let go and let somebody do that. But that's the best thing in the world for you to do, because then you get to focus on really bringing in business in your business. You're the expert in that area. 
And that's where you need to spend the majority of your time answering emails and, you know, sending out invoices and all of that stuff. Somebody else needs to do that. I, when I hired my VA, it just freed up so much time for me. So much time, right? I still write all of my blog posts, but she schedules them. She puts them in. She does my social media. She schedules everything for that. Um, and every month it's like a breath of fresh air because I don't have to be bogged down with that. It used to take me like weeks to get all that stuff entered, you know, write it all. Like, I do not want to do this. And that's the part of the business I didn't like. And mm -hmm. so I tell even my clients, you've got to really identify like, what is it in your business that you really like doing it? And if some of the admin stuff you like doing, great, keep it. But if it's stuff that you don't like doing and it's low level tasks, it's not income producing tasks, somebody else needs to do that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I um, have an assistant who works with me during the events and helps with a lot of stuff. And I had a hard time delegating, but during the brunch earlier this year, it was so much going on. I had to delegate, so I let her handle a lot of the stuff. And she did really well, and it just took a lot of the stress off of me. So I was like, I changed my whole mindset when it came to that. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get help. I can't do everything now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you, can't, yeah. you have to come out of that mindset of thinking that you have to be the one to do it and you mm -hmm. have to, you know, and, and it's not right unless you do it. Right. So I learned this lesson even in life. Right. Because I am I am <laughs> I'm a Virgo. And if you know anything about Virgos, we have to be very organized and put together. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember when my husband and I first got married and I've always had this thing about how my towels are folded crazy but <laughs> when my husband retired um and i was still working i was still working my you know six-figure very stressful job i was a lead project manager for the largest medical center in detroit and i was still working so he really took on everything i i have the best husband in the world he took on laundry cooking cleaning shopping for groceries everything so all i had to do was work come home and then i was of course trying to grow my business too but when he do the laundry, I would like get so just put off because of the way he, he didn't fold the towels away. I like the towels folded. <laughs> so I would sometimes refold them. And then my daughter was like, mom, really? She's like, is it that serious? And she knows because she grew up with me. So she know I'm real particular about that. And she said, the fact is, He's helping you. He's doing the laundry. He's folding it up. He's putting it away. But you got this thing about how you wanted to fold it. So you will unfold them, which really sends the message to him that you don't appreciate what he's doing. And so I had to really stop and think about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Mm -hmm. And through that lesson, I learned that it really doesn't matter that the person doesn't do it exactly the way you do it, as long as the outcome is the same. So the outcome is I have clean towels and they're folded and put away. Right. That's all that should matter, right? So I had to really learn to take that same attitude into my business. It doesn't matter that, you know, she may not answer the emails in the morning like I do. Maybe she answers them at noon because that's the best time for her. End result is the emails got answered. And so you have to really learn to let go. And, and, and be willing to let go so that you can allow some other things to come in to help your business grow. And those other things are the income producing things that you should be focused on. Mm -hmm. 
and it's freeing too. Yeah. Some of those yeah. little small tasks, like you say, I and it's funny because I've been similar with my husband, <laughs> you know, in certain <laughs> things, you know. Certain things. But <laughs> but you know, I really had to appreciate, you know, that that too. Like I had been doing a lot and working a lot. And I do you normally do all the cooking. So he started cooking more and helping. Mm-hmm. And you know, he don't necessarily uh you do things how yeah. I do them, but it was done and we yes. were to eat dinner, you know. Yes. So, <laughs> well, I feel you there. And, and so that's the same way when you when you're when you're letting somebody, they're not gonna, they're not you. So right. they're not gonna do is everything step by step just like you. And you'd have to right. accept that as long as it's getting done properly and these things are done, you can let that go. Like you said, so you can focus on your craft. You can focus Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The more focus you Absolutely. can put in on the craft, whether mm-hmm. it's coaching or hair or makeup, whatever, whatever. it is, mm-hmm. you can so true. Yeah, you That's can true. monetize it more because you're not so overwhelmed with all those little small tasks. That's right. That's yeah, right. so I, I can see that. I absolutely yeah. I'm sorry. What you do too is you run the risk of, you know, if if everything has to be done exactly the way you want it done or exactly the way that you would do it, then you run the risk of when you do bring in a team to help you, you again, you're not showing them that you appreciate them because you're constantly saying, this is not done the way that I want it done or the way that I would do it. And so you stifle their ability to shine in the area that they can shine in, that they're the expert in. And so you have to be willing to say, I'm going to let them do it the way that they do it, but here's the outcome that I want. And if everyone agrees on the outcome and you achieve that outcome, then how they arrive there, that still should be left up to them. And then you should praise them, right? I mean, that's one of the things too that I teach when I'm teaching other coaches when they're building a team is that you have to make sure your team feel like they're a part of a team and not an employee, because nobody really wants to be an employee, right? So if you make them feel like they're a part of the team, that means that you're listening to the advice that they may have, you're listening to the suggestions that they may have, and you're allowing them to flourish in their area of expertise without you stepping over into their lane. Because the minute you step over into their lane, then you're detracting from them, and you're making them feel like they're not worthy or they're not contributing enough. So now they're going to feel like, well, why am I here, right? Another quick story I had with my husband is I remember um, I was saying to him one time that I wanted a toaster oven. And, And this is a good story, too, for when you are building a business and you are married, and especially for women, because that juggling act and that balancing act can be very difficult, right? And so I remember saying to him, I wanted a toaster oven, and I wasn't like in dire need of it. I just kind of mentioned it. And I came home one day, and he had gotten a toaster oven. And when I walked in, he put it on the counter. The first thing that I noticed, though, was I noticed the toaster oven, but I noticed that he had it in a place that I would not have put it. And he had moved my canister set to put it there. That was the first thing I noticed. Right. So I was about to say, well, why did you put it there? And I had to catch myself because, again, the truth is he felt like a part of the team and giving me what I needed. So the most important thing was that he bought the toaster up, not the placement of it, because I could 
put it wherever I wanted it or leave it there and just let the canister set be moved. It, that wasn't the end of the world, right? So I had to catch myself and not say that, but instead praise him for getting the toaster up because that was the most important thing. And man, when I was like, I'm so glad, thank you so much for this toaster oven. God was praising me. Honey, he was beaming like he had bought me a 10 karat diamond ring. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's required when you have other people working with you. You have to make sure that they feel good about their contribution to helping you. And then they're willing to always help you because they feel like they are contributing and they are a big part of your team and they're helping you. Same thing is true for your business. Great stuff. Great stuff. I think um, any business owner, especially, you know, when you're looking to grow and to scale, could use all of that advice. Oh. <laughs> all of that advice. Yes. Because <laughs> it, it's a journey. It, it's a journey. And it's not always easy. I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with women entrepreneurs who are married or, you know, significant others and and they're trying to build this business and trying to still have a, you know, a loving and caring relationship. Because a lot of times, if you're really a driven person, and I, I'm very driven, so when I get focused in on my goals and I know what I want to do, sometimes you can just have that tunnel vision and you forget about everything else that's around you. Mm -hmm. You forget that, wow, I haven't even spent, you know, 30 minutes with my husband this week. We haven't gone anywhere. We haven't done anything because every spare moment is put into this business. And that's usually true, especially if you're just starting your business and you're still working a full-time job, that can be very, very trying. I mean, I, you know, working as a lead project manager, I had a very stressful role. I was managing four or five different departments. I was managing other project managers. <clears throat> and it, every day I was spending anywhere from 10 to 12 hours at work. And then I come home and put in another four to six hours trying to you know, build this business. And I had to constantly remind myself that, wait, it's more to this than just the business. But because I was so passionate about the business and I was so driven about making sure that I reach my goals and I build this business and you know, get it to the place that it's producing an income, I forgot about everything else. And so then you, know, you get the reminder from your, your spouse, you know, your significant other that's saying, hey, what about me? And so I get that a lot from female entrepreneurs who are trying to build their business. And I have to remind them, you got to make time for everything. Everything. So, so because of my is there management background, I'm real big on scheduling and making time for the stuff that you need to make time for. Well, how do you balance? Is, is, is balance real? Like, how do you do that? Balance is not real. <laughs> okay, okay. It's okay. not real. I agree. But I, just, <laughs> I say that all the time. It's not real. What's real is prioritizing what's the most important things in your life, right? So for me, I make sure that I use time blocking. And so I make sure that every day has a specific task that's associated with that day. For instance, in my coaching business, I coach on Mondays and Wednesdays. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's admin work and sales calls. And just this year, I started not working on Fridays, right? Because again, I was putting so much time into working and building this business. I had to kind of cut back and realize, wait, no, I need to spend some more time with my husband. So Fridays is family time. That's when I spend time with my husband, Saturdays and Sundays. That's when we do stuff that we want to do together. 
And so you have to prioritize it in that manner and schedule things in order for you to get everything done. A lot of people just carry stuff in their head and, and you can't carry it in your head. Get it down on a schedule, get your framework down of what you're going to do on specific days. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to stick to that 100% that that's etched in stone because sometimes you're going to have to make some shifts depending on what's going on in life. So when I had to take my, um, my granddaughter came and spent the summer with me because she hadn't been here in like two years. She used to come every summer, but she started college two years ago. And so she wanted to get through her general eds and just go straight through. Well, this past summer, she's now going to the university. So she said, I can come this summer. So she came this summer. So I had to make some adjustments in my schedule because I wanted to spend that quality time with her. And that means that if I don't have a schedule to start with, if I don't have a framework to start with, then I'm always like wondering, well, what am I going to do today? Right. One of the things I used to hate whew, used to just like get me when I was the lead project manager and I was you know, managing other project managers. What I would hate is for them to come in on Monday morning and sit at their desk and go, OK, what am I going to work on today? That would burn me to no end, <laughs> because the truth is what you should do is have a schedule for your week and that schedule should be prepared the, the, the last day of the prior week, right? So what I do even in my business today, Thursdays is my Friday. So the last thing that I do on Thursday is prepare my schedule for the week coming. So when I come in on Monday, I don't have to sit here and try to figure out what I got going on. What do I need to do? It's right there on my schedule. So prioritizing is the thing that you have to do. Awesome, awesome. So what keeps you motivated? Ooh, I love helping people. <laughs> I just love helping people. My husband says to me all the time, I don't know how you do what you do. <laughs> um, he says, I don't know if I could talk to people that much. I don't know if I could, you know. I said, yeah, that's who I am. You know, I, I love helping people. I love seeing people succeed. I love seeing people take like giant leaps of faith that they didn't think they could do doing something that they did not think they could do, right? I love seeing it when I can pull out their confidence and I can help them to start to, you know, build a business that starts to generate an income. I love that because now they know that it's possible and it's not just some little business. Most of the time when we start our business, that's what we, we, we look at it that way. We think about, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm starting this little business. Well, no, right? You're starting an empire. And you got to start with that mindset from the very beginning. You got to start with the mindset from the beginning that you are growing a business. You're growing a company, right? Not just some little business. And so I love it when I see women get that and it clicks and they start to get clients. They start to help people. They start to make money in their business. Because one of the things too, when you are married or have a significant other, you have convinced this person that, this business idea is going to be successful, right? I'm going to make money doing this business and, you know, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. And they bought into that vision. And so when those things aren't happening in your business, then you start to feel like not only are you letting yourself down, but you've let your significant other down as well. Hmm. Then that starts to chip away at your confidence. Then you start to feel like I can't do this. Right. And that just leads you down a whole rabbit hole of eventually a lot of people just quit. But it doesn't have to be that way. So what keeps me going and motivated is when I see the light bulb go off and, and women really understand and know that they can have, do, and be whatever it is that they want. 
And that all starts with the mindset first before you even do the, the physical manifestation of really having a successful business. It has to be successful in your head. So thinking about and speaking of success, how do you define success? I define success as being in a position that you get to do what you love doing and feeling like you could do it if you made money at it or not, but just the fact that you get to do it, right? Having the freedom to be able to do that. I define success as having the freedom to spend quality time with your loved ones and do the things that you've always wanted to do so you have no regrets. And I define it as that thing that fulfills your soul, that makes your heart sing, whatever that is. A lot of times people think it's all about the money, but it's not about the money. It's about what the money affords you to do. Because the only reason we want the money is because we want to feel good about doing something or we want to do something that makes us happy. So if you can get yourself in a position where you could still do the things that make you happy before the money gets there, then you're almost guaranteed that the money is going to follow. But you can't let the money be the leader. So to me, success is not about the money as much as it is about the options that the money can bring and the, the freedom that it can bring. I like being free. Amen. <laughs> Amen to freedom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I know you have your systems and your tools and you're into all of that. So what is your favorite tool that you use to operate in business? Like, you know, whether it's an app or software, what's your favorite business tool? I would think my favorite business tool is, I love Asana. I fought it for a long time, <laughs> but my VA um, and my tech girl, we use Asana to assign projects so that I know what you know they're working on. They know what I need to have done um, and it keeps everybody accountable. So I think that's, that's one of my favorite tools. And then of course, you know, outside of that is always going to be my payment system because you got to bring money in. Everybody <laughs> says that. <laughs> so uh, what's your favorite book or what book are you currently reading right now? My favorite book of all times is um, The Four Agreements. Um, because it, I, I'm a very spiritual person and that was a journey for me, um, kind of coming from more religious over to spiritual. But what I strive to do all the time is always see the best in other people, regardless, right? And always be in a position where um, we can connect and we can have a connection without having the same beliefs. Because what you believe doesn't matter as much to me than who you are and how you be and how we interact and how we treat each other and how we respect one another, right? So I'm very big on just making sure that everyone feels like they are loved, they are valued, they're heard, and just that warm 
fuzzy feeling. That's that's who I am, right? You have to have that warm, fuzzy feeling. And and that book just taught me a lot about how to let go of some of the small things that don't even matter in life and how to make the right agreements for your life so that it impacts the greater world around you. Because it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about all of us existing together. And so the more that I learn how to do that with people, no matter where they are, no matter, you know, again, the religion, the belief, the faith, no matter any of that, the more I learn how to interact and connect with people, that's what makes me happy. And currently I'm reading, um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, you're a badass at making money. Oh. <laughs> I'm listening to it. I like, um, Cheryl, right? Yes. Yeah. This is my, uh, my probably third time listening to it. Cause I, I, I do more audiobooks cause I, I'm not a big sit down and read person. Me. So I do more audiobooks, and this is like my third time going back listening to it. I, I love her. I really love her. So I'm listening to that again. And, um, my one of my clients actually just gave me a book titled uh work the progress work work the process or something like that work the process i haven't started it yet but i've gotten some of my clients have said they read it and it's really really good so that's going to be my next read okay so have you you you're doing your badass is making money did you do the you are badass the other, the first book before that? I did not. I did not. And I keep saying I want to go to it, but I haven't left this one yet. Okay. <laughs> it's like third time I'm listening to this one. I listen to both of them. Uh, I go back to You Are a Badass, though. Okay. Uh, I So check that one out. I will. That was I will. her first one before, you know, the You Are a Badass is making money. Okay. I will be sure to go back and check that out then. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, before the last question I have for you is how will people just connect with you? How do they get in you know, touch with you? How do they connect with you on social media? And they can connect with me by going by searching Valerie Priester. I am Valerie Priester on all social media platforms, right? Another tip that I give my clients. Make sure that you have <laughs> congruent names across social media because it makes it difficult for people to find you. You want people to be able to find you easily, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure that, you know, if you're Valerie Priester on LinkedIn, don't be Kitty Boo Boo on Facebook. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> so ValeriePriester.com is my website. Valerie Priester on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Valerie Priester as well. All of those outlets. And of course, if you're you know interested in joining me for our Entrepreneur Success Summit, you can go to EntrepreneurSuccessSummit.com. That's going to be on October 12th. Thank you, Valerie. Valerie, appreciate for everybody. I appreciate you. I will have all that in the show notes. So they can definitely connect with you via all your links and everything. But I just really um, appreciate you for being on a podcast today and sharing all of your wisdom. And I just wish you much, much success with your event and in your business and, and any future endeavors that you have, Valerie. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So do we have anything else you want to share before we go? No, I would just say, you know, whatever that dream is and desire that you have, if it's starting a business, if it's, you know, um, being the best mom, whatever it is, don't be afraid to do it. Like I always tell people to design your victory and designing your victory means being the best at whatever it is that you want to be right? Doing whatever it is that you want to do and knowing that you can do be and have whatever 
you desire. Awesome. And that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.